Hello and welcome to the Creators Podcast, where we explore ideas around creativity, curiosity and intuition. I'm the host Elise and on this podcast I'll be talking to a range of artists, both emerging and established, about their own journey with creativity. So today I have with me Amanda Brooks, an abstract artist from Noosa. Amanda, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Elise. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Now, your works are absolutely beautiful. I stumbled across them and was just, my breath was taken away. Can you tell me a little bit about how your style came to be or how you found your love for painting? Well, I have loved art ever since I can remember. So my parents tell me that right from a little girl, I was wandering around with pencils and (laughs) paintbrushes and anything creative in my hands. And even as far back as I can remember, when they would have dinner parties, I would be the, the little child under the table with my pencils and paper drawing the meals on the table and all the details on the plates and yeah so I've been drawing and painting for a very long time. Yeah wow and throughout school and high school is that something you knew you wanted to do? Yes so I I wasn't the sporty kid at school I can say that clearly that I was more the creative person so at school my friends would be doing other school projects and I wanted to do all the arty projects so I used to do annually they'd have face painting competitions and I used to win all the face painting competitions whenever we did sort of stage I did drama at school and when we had theatre projects I enjoyed building the little model stages and painting all the little stages so I've been definitely influenced by art all through school In my final year of school, I was awarded with a double distinction, which was pretty exciting. So I got a double distinction in the history of art as well as the practical drawing side of art, which encouraged me then to, once I left school, to pursue doing art. And I did a graphic design degree, which was great, but it it wasn't probably the direction that I wanted to go but it was a good fundamental background to learn certain skills later down the track yeah absolutely and do you feel like your teachers were encouraging of you pursuing arts or a little bit hesitant oh no definitely I had a wonderful art teacher all through high school who was very encouraging and she definitely could see that I was passionate to pursue art later on after school Um, and definitely encouraging, probably more encouraging for me to be an art teacher rather than to go on as a professional artist. But back in those days, which would have been 25 years ago, I don't think it was as popular to become an artist for a living. Mm. I think So I think in those days, they sort of discouraged you from that just because things were different. Whereas nowadays, I think people have got so much more opportunity to make a living out of their art. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's a a lot of people are doing less mainstream kind of things as well. Like you can go to school and then become, you know, an adventure guide. You can be a traveler. You get like so many different options. It's a lot, it's a lot broader. Anything you love, you can make a job out of it. It's the efforts that you put into it 
that gives you the successful outcome. Yeah, yeah. I feel like your imagination is literally your limit because there are endless jobs. And once you start finding your passion, if there's a niche or a market, or even if you're able to make a market for it, it can work and that's all it takes. And I think it's your art teacher, or at least your teachers during school, make a massive difference in terms of fueling that belief. Like if you had an art teacher that's just like, you know, oh, you can't really make a living off it, or you, you know, like really stressing it, you're going to question it. But I think. Yeah, I really think um, in terms of the education system that they really need to be feel not not be like, oh, you can do absolutely anything. Like obviously being realistic and helping Definitely. people because you need jobs and you need like that support. But if people have got a passion or an idea, like helping them run with it, like helping them find a niche or a market or, or get out there. But um, it's scary to know that so many people have been turned down or turned away from it because of their teachers during school definitely you have to take you have to have courage with it too like I feel a lot of people don't have that courage and then end up doing something they don't love and doing what they do love in the background as a hobby and sometimes you don't have a choice sometimes you have to you know make sure that you can make ends meet initially but once you can have the confidence to go ahead and do what you love Obviously, it just takes time to build it up and then you get where you're headed. Mm. Yeah, Um, and I think school plays a massive role in that That if that courage is just gone from the start, it's it's really hard to get back on your feet. And I think fostering an environment full of courage and full of, like, yeah, opportunities at school is um, a huge, huge thing, especially if you're embarking on something that's a little bit less less known than say a nine to five job or less stable than going straight from school to uni to a job. Exactly. I agree. Definitely. And how was that transition from you from finishing your degree at uni and then doing art by yourself? For me, it was, I was thrown in the deep end because we moved from South Africa just due to really bad unrest and horrible circumstances. So I moved straight to Noosa where We had family living here. And then I realized that there weren't really any job opportunities as a graphic designer back in those days. So I actually um, landed myself a job as a florist, which was still creative, but definitely not something I'd ever planned to do. So I was working in a little shop in Hastings Street and they trained me up and I started doing all the corporate and wedding flowers which I did for about 18 months, which was a wonderful experience. And I'm so glad I had the opportunity. And that was actually when I developed the love for flowers and started painting flowers. Mm. So that was kind of a a journey in my life that was definitely not planned, but it was definitely a good foundation to build another form of creativity as an artist. Mm. yeah it's really interesting how that had that effect on you and I think inspiration can be found anywhere especially if you slow down enough or if you like immerse yourself in something enough it can be all you need for inspiration like at the moment I'm doing hospitality work I've just moved um, a couple hours away from home and so uh, yeah my expertise I guess growing up has been in hospitality it's not something I love but I I don't mind it but it's nice that I'm not having to think too much while working. And so after work is kind of my creative time, my thinking time. Yeah, and if I was doing a job that was really 
demanding in terms of really high pace or high stress, I wouldn't be able to have that. And so obviously down the track, I'd love to transition into something that's a little bit more up my alley in terms of creativity, in terms of maybe running my own stuff, but at least it's got some benefit that I don't have to think too much. And so then after work is where I can do my thinking. For sure. Definitely. So as far as the, the florist goes, when mm-hmm. I was um, when I was working as a florist, I was looking up close at all the blooms and petals and details of the flowers. And then I would do, as you said, work all day and then go home and paint to the point where I was doing little paintings for this florist shop. And they sold so quickly that they said, we think you should just go home and paint and don't worry about working with the florist. So that's wow. how it all began. It all began with them, again, encouraging me to do something out of my comfort zone, but something that was so important to me and I was so passionate about. So often I get asked now why, why I'm so inspired to paint flowers, and it stems right back to 25 years ago when I was a florist. Mm. So that's um, why I am so inspired with the flora and the detail of flowers and I feel like I spent so much time with flowers that they're engraved in my head that I don't even need to really look at a photo when I paint floral arrangements because I've spent so much time with flowers that they've engraved in my in in my imagination Mm, and that's so beautiful that you've been able to explore them so much that you know what they look like definitely all about it that's really beautiful yes thank you and you say you've got kids at the moment, is that right? Yes, I do. So I've got 13-year-old twins and a 15-year-old daughter. So I've got boy and girl twins and my daughter um, is 15. She has decided that she wants to take a subject of fashion design um, for year 11. So I'm very excited to hear mm. that she's also got a bit of a creative flair going on in a different way. But she also does enjoy design, not so much art as far as drawing goes, but design in a different. It's something that I think, I hope that the art side of me passes through to my three children. Yeah, be really beautiful to see. And how does having kids and interact with having your own job? It's very busy. So when they were littler, it was more restricting for me because, you know, I couldn't just leave them on their own. So they did need more of me and I had less time to paint, which at times I felt very frustrated because when you are in that zone of just wanting to be creative, it's very hard to stay away from the paintbrushes. So quite often I would set them up in my studio with their own little canvases and brushes and pots of paint to be creative so they did grow up as creative little toddlers trotting around covered in paint Mm. Um, but as they've got older and more independent I have more time to spend painting so quite often I my routine is getting up really early in the morning and getting a lot of work done before the crazy morning school rush And I really enjoy that quiet time in my studio early in the morning when the birds are chirping and it's quiet and I'm still in my pyjamas with my coffee in my hand, but it's probably my favourite time of the day to paint because there's no disruption 
and you've had a good night's sleep and you're just fresh to just create. So that's, I would say, my favourite time when I do get to paint. But my usual routine is once they've gone to school, it's just like a nine-to-five job. I paint from nine till the afternoon and then admin in the evening, early evenings and sometimes admin in the mornings, which is all the boring behind-the-scenes stuff that not everyone realises an artist, full-time artist has to do. Fortunately, mm-hmm. fortunately, I have my husband that works with me full-time as well, which I'm very blessed to have because um, many years ago he was uh, working away overseas a lot, and so I was technically a single parent for quite a few years trying to paint and look after little children. But he... Um, took a leap and a leap of faith eight years ago and resigned from his busy career to help me. And that's how we've managed to build this up into a really healthy, thriving business. Wow. That's, yeah, that's incredible. So it was him also having yeah faith to leave a really good job and, and go, let's make a, a go of this and see if we can, work as a couple and build the art business up so he does all my limited edition prints packaging all the bookwork and accounting and stock take so there's so much that goes on behind the scenes especially that we do wholesale a lot of our sort of gift wear range and prints and things uh, which gives me more time to actually create and paint and not feel weighed down with all the other things that need to be done to keep things flowing Mm, yeah and how do you find working with your husband like is that something that is quite effortless or is it a bit complicated having business relationship oh it's a tricky one that I wouldn't say it's effortless because working with anyone 24 7 obviously has its challenges but Mm -hmm. we've definitely learned over the years to delegate roles and give each other our own space So now it's kind of a well-oiled machine eight years down the track. We've got our own little work zones and we know who does what and we don't have to discuss which person is responsible for what role. So now eight years down the track, I feel like it's definitely runs more smoothly. But maybe initially there were challenges just because he had come from a completely different background as an engineer, which is a de- definitely a different way of working and the structure would have been different. So between us, we've somehow managed to come to a happy balance and we probably just need to work to balance life more that it's not all work and no play. So that's the only thing we need to work on because at the moment it's so busy that we don't seem to have as much time just to relax and mm. reflect <laughs> but yeah. we'll get there we'll get there yeah it's always something that needs working on so I mean at, at least just finding more play isn't isn't too bad of it no, exactly. yes. and and how do you find working in terms of being at home or not having set hours like do you get distracted or do you kind of like block it out like this is my work time um, how do you find how do you find that Look, I've done it for such a long time now. I was even discussing this with my daughter the other day, saying that, you know, for 25 years I've worked from home 
And I know no different that I am really diligent and really um, focused on the jobs of the day. So when I wake up in the morning, I've got my to-do list and I know what I don't always get everything done on the list, but I do have priorities that I make for the day. And because I've got that list and I know that at the end of the day, I've got a ticket ticket off I'm really focused to get the jobs done Mm. so also being sort of committed to doing commission work and having deadlines it makes you forced to get your work done to a schedule rather than you know just waking up and going what am I going to paint today obviously I would love to get to the phase of life where I can just wake up and go what am I going to paint today but at the moment because I have committed myself to doing commissions for people, I have to really be focused and diligent to get the work done. Certain days I don't feel like painting certain things. So sometimes I feel like I have to change my to-do list to suit my mood. But at the end of the day, I've still been productive and that makes me feel happy. I like to be productive. Yeah, same. And I think for me, having to do this really helps as well because I get really distracted. Like I'm always doing stuff. I think for me, having a priority list is really important because I get really distracted. Like even if I do have a a rough idea in the morning, it's likely to change. Like, oh, now now that I've seen this outside, I want to do this. And now that I started cleaning my room, oh, now I want to sort (laughs) through this. And the stuff I need to get done doesn't. That sounds like a creative mind, definitely. Oh, it's awful so sometimes. <laughs> I do, I will admit that I do get distracted, yes. Um, but I definitely would recommend to anyone that has that same chaotic creative brain to just have a, a to-do list and then you know that if you can tick that off in the day, you'll be feel so content that you've achieved what you set out to do. Mm. Yeah, it's such a tricky thing. Like I wouldn't want to call myself scattered or anything, but just my there's so many different things I can do and, and not in a bad distraction way. Like Not I, at yeah, all. It's still love, productive. Yeah. It's just a bit more jumbled. Yes, very, very jumbled. <laughs> and so many, I think as creatives, you kind of get so many ideas even throughout the day of, oh, like, you know, you have lunch and like, oh, maybe I could bake something. And then there's little things <laughs> exactly. like that, that it's like, ah, I don't have enough time in the day for what my mind wants to do. So exactly. Um, I do feel like that some days when I've got a list of, so in the day I'll have a list of things that I need to get finished that are a priority for commissions. And then I allow myself a bit of time to actually paint what I want to paint. But sometimes I've got that many things in my what to paint you know what I want to paint that I get so distracted I don't know where to start yes and so that's a horrible feeling because you're thinking there's so much I want to do and my mind is racing and so full of ideas but there's just not enough hours in the day to get it all onto canvas so I do understand the um that sort of crazy feeling of wanting to get things done but sometimes if you've got too much on your list you don't get it done because it becomes a bit overwhelming yeah well that's literally I think where where I'm at is that I haven't been having that much time because I'm working and just like socializing I'm in regional so that's obviously been open and got housemates so I'm obviously yeah just like socializing kind of living and then I have all these ideas and so when I do have a morning free I'm like ah like where do I start what one do I do and I get so like 
scattered. I Overwhelmed. I just, yeah, I, I can't do anything. I was like, oh. <laughs> you might need to find a creative friend that wants to do things with you creatively. I think sometimes if you've got someone to, to share it with and probably sit down and actually get it done rather than not have a plan. So that's when, that's when like a small group of creatives getting together could be a good idea and just designate time to sit down and actually get things done as a small group. Mm. And then you sort of inspire each other and motivate each other. Whereas sometimes being a solo person doing it, it can be, you can procrastinate and then get distracted. Well, I think what I'm finding helpful, if I actually have just started going to like an art class, it was with some older women and we just sit and paint for two hours. And what I really like about that is that it's it's a dedicated two hours. So yes. it's enough time to really get set up. But yes. I feel like I'm always thinking, oh, I've got a spare like hour in between. I'll do art. I'll, I'll get that done. And it doesn't just because that's not enough time or it's not the right place. So what I need to do is dedicate, all right, these three hours is me time or these yes. three hours is to paint and then I can switch off rather Definitely. than going out to the pub and being like, oh, I really hope it's an early one so then I can go back and finish a commission. Actually yes. just blocking out time, getting it done and then switching off. I don't think I'm allowing myself to switch off because I'm like trying to find time to do that. So I think have, yeah, those art classes where I dedicate time, I do it and then switch off is what I'm needing at the moment. Yes, and also having an area I've moved, so I used to have a studio sort of towards the front of our house, which was probably a bit more distracting just because people can find me there. Whereas since I've got a studio at the back of our house that's more private and quiet, it's always set up for me to paint. And if you've got a, a designated area that's always set up, you can just walk in there and start doing what you want to do without having to take time to prepare and set up and then by the time you're all set up you've run out of time and you've got to pack it all away mm. so that's something that I definitely found over the years if you can have a designated quiet set up area that's ready to go as soon as you've got that urge to create then you can just get in your zone and get something done productively rather than take time having to pre prepare to get it done if that makes yeah sense. yeah and I don't think I have a space yet like I've just moved in I mean it's been over a month but um I feel like I don't have that space yet so it's very much I'll pack my paints in a bag and then I'll like go out by the river but even then you know if it's too hot the paint's dry and then exactly um, just got to like, have a, a designated setup zone that's ready to go at all times yeah I think yeah I think that's what I'm needing to do my own little corner, my own little space that has all my stuff set up. So when I go there, I have that because I think at the moment everything's a bit everywhere. Like I'm reading and I'm writing on my bed, which is also where I sleep. And then I'm kind of always moving all my stuff. So it's really hard to get in the headspace when I'm in a different area. Yes. Mm. So that's always the advice I give to other people. You know, some people that are emerging artists that are just starting out and they sort of, ask for tips and advice that's what the main tip that I I always give and even when I tell people how I'm able to be still productive as a mother of three and running a household <clears throat> I probably wouldn't have been as productive if I didn't have that designated area to paint and create mm, so you've you've made your own <laughs> space that's kind of like your art creating space and then you've, you've got your house 
Is yes, that, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's I try and keep it separate, separate. because working mm. from home, it is great. It's it's a it is a great luxury to be able to work from home. But if you don't somehow try and have a bit of a separation, you feel like you're never getting a break or you're always working. So having the separate zones makes you feel like you're actually going to work, even though you're at home, and it keeps you away from the house so that you don't get distracted to do chores or or rearranging furniture or anything creative people do to procrastinate and get away from getting their jobs done in that separate zone makes you feel then you look forward to coming home after a busy day you look forward to coming back to your home and an environment where you want to be but not feel like you're stuck at home permanently Mm. so that definitely has helped me as well and also having three children they know that if I'm not in the house that not to distract me or they know that I'm actually working and they respect that even though they know that I'm an artist and I work from home they respect that I do need time to be to not be distracted or interrupted while I'm trying to get things because it's still work yeah and I think in times of COVID that's been really hard or people are realizing that they need different spaces for different things and obviously having it all in the one place for the one home is really hard like I found that really challenging while studying if I was like doing it in my bedroom where I slept it just all merged into one and I was staying in my pjs which made me feel more tired and it was like everything just mushed into this one environment and I couldn't switch off and what I really missed was when I went into uni bam study that was all I was thinking about I was switched on and then I'd go home and that would be my relaxing time and then I'd go to work and switch on like it's environment is such a massive thing and trying to then create different environments within the one environment like you know your house Definitely. and I think it makes tricky. it doesn't feel as monotone I think if you don't have that contrast in the day to have different areas to go and and different routines to do you just feel like it's groundhog day every day is groundhog day and so for me to so for me to to have um, different zones, it feels fresh. And then you just feel excited to create and do different things if you've got a routine where you can come and go and, you know, be in your creative zone and then go back to another area. So I do think that's important for creative people to still have contrast in their day rather than just create a feeling of, things being mundane you just want to feel fresh all the time and motivated and inspired Mm. so sometimes people say how do you paint every day how do you wake up every day and want to paint and I think it's because you can try and create some sort of contrast in your day that makes it feel every day feels exciting to create because you create contrast through the day Mm. that's so beautiful (laughs) Do you feel like there's anything that you're struggling with at the moment in terms of, because you were saying about trying to find that balance between work and Yes, life. so I'm struggling. I'm finding as I'm progressing more as an artist, I'm finding it harder to take on commissions. I'm feeling like it's too restricting for me. Mm-hmm. So back years ago, I was very eager and motivated and inspired to do commissions. I feel now at this stage of my life, there's so many ideas that I want to get on canvas and I feel I've got to a point where I've, I feel like I've found my true style that 
I just want to keep motivating myself to create new things and challenging myself. I want to challenge myself. And so when I can create things that are in my imagination that I'm really wanting to get on canvas, that's when I feel my happiest. Whereas when I'm doing commissions or things that feel a little bit more repetitive, more I, just like feel, I feel restricted and I feel I just don't feel as inspired. So mm. that's probably what I struggle with. And I'm learning to say no and I'm learning to be more honest with my customers and say, I'm sorry, but I just can't take on any more orders or I'm not doing commissions at the moment. So that has been my struggle because I'm not the sort of person to say no. I hate saying no to people and I hate letting people down. But I've got to understand that to create the best product or the best artwork at the end, it's better for me to just create from my heart rather than to be restricted and do orders and commissions and repetition. So that's mm. my major struggle at the moment, which I feel like I'm getting there. I've probably got another six months worth of commissions to complete. And then I feel like I will get to a stage where I can just paint and not worry about doing commissions. Which is so cool to be able to reach that. So I feel like as an emerging artist, what I'm struggling with is my commissions aren't necessarily my style or like similar to the work I do. It's very much like a friend of a friend being like, oh, I'm like designing a logo. I don't really know what I'm doing. Do you mind like helping? And then next minute it'll be something with resin and then it will be like a tattoo design. All these things that I've dabbled in that aren't necessarily my strength, but they're almost too out of my depth. Not necessarily out of my depth, but too different that I'm then having to like learn how to do it and really challenge myself in that way. And then I usually, yeah, I'm like, oh, I I don't know, I get too scared to do it or it's not what I passion like what I'm passionate about or I'm not loving it. And so it becomes a little bit of a yeah. burden in exactly. that way. But I also don't want to say no because mm. I am, as I said, just emerging. So I want to take any opportunity to help um, with my for art. Sure. It's, yeah, it's tricky. And I think that's very important for any artist. You need to go through that stage. You definitely need to go through that stage to get you to the next level. So it's a bit like anything, any apprenticeship or anything that you, any skill that you're learning to do from the beginning, you have to go through the sort of the boring bits to get to the fun stage. So as someone that's painted for 25 years, I would say, don't say no and do those things because that will build your skills and build just build your creativity to know which direction you really truly want to go mm. and so that's how I feel like it's only now all these years down the track 25 years of saying yes I'll do paint this and yes I'll paint that I'm finally getting to the point where I can say no that's not me or that's just not my style and I feel like people actually appreciate that because they know that they are going to get a really beautiful artwork at the end because it's come from the heart and not from the head if that mm. makes sense so I've now been able to say to people if you want the best painting from me leave leave it to me rather than giving me a um, step by step of how you want it to be and I feel like I painted better because I enjoy the process more but I I have been through phases where I've had to 
fulfill those commissions to get you to the point where you find your own style and you know what's true to yourself as an artist. Mm, and I'm I'm grateful for that as well because it meant it's meant that I've learned so many different things. I've learned, you know, a bit of logo designing, tattoo designing, graphics, yeah, like resin, jewelry. Like I've dabbled in absolutely everything. But it's scary because I am only an amateur in a lot of that stuff. Like I haven't had much training or experience, and so it's daunting to be like, "Here's my work," or "This is what I've created," and not and knowing that I haven't got years behind me of of practice and skill. Like it is something that I've pretty much just taught myself or just had a crack at and I think yeah it's it's scary but it's gonna open my eyes to all different avenues of art and maybe I'll find myself doing something in the creative field that isn't what I expected um in terms of yeah like designing maybe it's fabric work I don't know but I guess you won't know unless you try for sure I I definitely can see how that would be a benefit and even for me that when I first started painting I was actually only doing watercolors on paper, um, which I love watercolors, but I always had the urge to paint really big. And obviously watercolor paper doesn't come very big. Mm. So that's how I accidentally stumbled onto a canvas. So I was I did go to watercolor art classes and I was trained by a professional watercolor artist to paint watercolors. But when I decided I just wanted to take a leap of faith and go onto a big canvas that's when I actually taught myself how to paint with acrylics and oils so it's a similar scenario as you said how you were an amateur doing lots of different skills but not trained in one you have to you have to experiment on many different surfaces and mediums to find the one that's your true skill and so that's how I ended up painting on canvases. I, I bought, I lashed out and bought a huge big canvas and decided to paint. I started off by painting flowers and, you know, meddling around with acrylics. And I actually adapted the watercolor technique onto canvas. So I watered the acrylics down and made a watery background as you would with a watercolor painting. Mm. Once it dried, I built it up with thick acrylic paint. And so all those years ago, even though my style's changed over the years and I've developed and changed, I look back to that very first painting I did and think it's still very similar to the style that I have now, even though 25 years ago I didn't know what I was doing. Mm. But I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I still have been authentic and true to the style that I have and it's so important as an artist to create or to be authentic to your own style and not try and copy someone else or try and be someone else or do someone else's artwork because in the end people will buy the paintings that they love because they see that style coming through which is like a fingerprint it's unique and it's not like what everyone else is doing and so that's another thing that I did struggle with many years ago before I felt confident in my own style. I felt like I was looking at other artists, not to copy, obviously for inspiration, but you feel like you you want to paint like they do or you want to do their style, but it's like a fingerprint. You can't you can't do that because then it's not your own. It's not your own fingerprint and your own identity. 
So that's another thing that I feel like 25 years down the track, I look back and think, I'm so glad that I can now paint authentically and know that it's absolutely my style and I'm not copying anyone else, Yeah, um, and I which think is a great well, place to be. Yeah, and I think as well it means that, like, you can allow your own inspiration and thoughts to then influence the painting, like your experience at the florist has then gone on to you painting flowers rather than looking at another artist doing that style and then I oh, guess sure. you don't really have anything to run with because that was you just got that one painting that you're then using. Yes, exactly. It's a really good feeling as an artist to know that you would be a bit like a poet or a writer or a musician when they finally sing a song that's true to them or, or find a, a singing style or mm. a writing style or a poetry style that's authentic and true to them then it becomes almost effortless rather than feeling like you you're trying you're trying to to do something I feel like I've got to the point now where I'm overcoming certain struggles and I'm feeling I wouldn't say everything I paint is effortless because that's not true but when I get to paint what I want to paint it feels effortless because it's or it's all about passion rather than overthinking and and over analyzing what you're going to create yeah absolutely and that's what I'm loving about my sketchbook is that it's not that I go on Pinterest or Instagram and find a picture and then recreate it it's like just allowing my environment to then create the work so I'm going outside for a walk and I'm taking leaves and then I'm drawing those leaves and then I'm doing them on the iPad and then I'm creating color palettes from it and it all just interplays and it feels so nice to do that. So important as an artist to have that passion and that feeling inside that is absolute joy. Joy rather than fear or being nervous that you're going to spoil it or not create properly. I think for any artist, if they can have that passion and joy behind them, they'll create something that shines through. Absolutely, and you can see it in the works when it's come from someone's passion or ideas rather than recreating. Absolutely. I can even tell for me when a painting, a personal painting of mine feels laboured or I feel like my heart wasn't in it, I can see, I can see in the painting that my heart wasn't in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure people, even though they can't quite put their finger on it and go, oh, it's just not the same or it's not it's not like the other painting it's because I can tell that my heart wasn't in it when I was doing it whereas there's certain paintings I look at and I can feel the joy I felt when I painted it so I'm also getting to the stage now where I'm becoming probably more strict on myself not to create something that looks labored and not not full of joy I want everything I paint to to show joy or make people feel joyous looking at it so that's another struggle that I'm dealing with is that I'm probably becoming a little bit harder on myself that that not to the point where I'm I overwork a painting because I feel like my style is quite loose and I I don't want to ever overwork a painting but I have to also look at the painting and go, does that make you feel joyous or does it make you feel flat, like it doesn't have that feeling of excitement? So any painting that I don't feel excited about, 
definitely doesn't <laughs> doesn't get put on Instagram or put in my studio. That's something that just gets tucked away and I'll work on it some other time. Mm, yeah, and I think it's yeah really important that you do allow yourself to play with that that joy and fun when you're painting because you can then see it in the painting yeah you're right for for sure and sometimes I even have an artwork I look at it and think oh no that's just not right I I can't put my finger on what's wrong with it but I'm just not feeling the joy and then if I work over it and somehow paint over it or create something over it it ends up becoming something more special because I can inject the joy back into it and change it and make it how I hoped it would be rather than labored and flat. So that's something, even though artists paint for all those years and have all those brush strokes and experience behind them, it's not to say that every single thing they paint works out. There's, you still make mistakes and you still yeah. have days where you go, oh, I feel like I've, I can't paint anymore. I've forgotten how to paint. Or you have artist block days where you just don't feel like painting. But um, I think that happens for any creative person, even art, you know, musicians or writers or poets, they all would go through those phases where sometimes it flows and it all falls into place and other times it just doesn't. It just doesn't. Yep, and that's kind of a part of it. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. And making mistakes actually makes you grow. So that's something I have to tell myself on those days when I I don't feel like I've achieved the painting that I want to create. I have to remind myself that making mistakes is what makes you learn and makes you develop new skills or change the way. I think it makes you evolve. Making mistakes makes you evolve. Mm-hmm. It's kind so, of a blessing in disguise. Definitely. So I'm, I'm happy to make my artistic mistakes along the way so that I can evolve and and keep growing as an artist. Yeah, I think mistakes are absolutely fundamental, especially when a mistake becomes inspiration or a new idea. I think that's just magical. For sure. And sometimes you even have a happy mistake where you think, wow, I didn't mean to do that, but that looks okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a bit of a bonus. Those it kind works. of mistakes are, are an absolute bonus. Absolutely, absolutely. And as an artist of over 25 years, what would your best advice be to an emerging artist? Well, as we've spoken about, uh, you know, making sure that you've got a designated zone and quiet space that's always set up within reason that you can just go and create without distraction. And when you've got that absolute urge, you can just launch at it. That is ultimately the main thing that I would say as an emerging artist, you need also to have courage and not to be fearful and overthink things, having courage to know that if you put enough effort into it and get yourself out there, you can definitely make a career out of being a creative person, whichever direction you go, not just painting, but any creative direction, you have to have courage and allowing yourself to make mistakes and grow. Those would be the three tips that I would give to an emerging artist that's hoping to become a creative for days to come or years to come. Mm, Thank you so much for sharing it. I think practicality is key of having a set up a space, an environment where you can just go. I think that's really, really great advice. And courage is such an important thing 
for all us to have, whether you're creative or not, whether you're pursuing something or you're just working courage just within life, I think is a massive thing. I think having that positive outlook, it comes through in your work and then people people feel that positivity mm-hmm. so so courage and positivity is definitely something everyone needs to embrace and it makes you feel inspired and motivated and productive to keep creating Absolutely. whereas if people get sort of put down and and discouraged you feel like well what's the, why would i bother what's the point exactly. so courage is key yes definitely Well, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been incredible to be able to speak with you about so much. And you've got so much insight and wisdom. Yeah, really appreciate it. I enjoyed talking to you and thank you so much for inviting me. You're more than welcome.